0: Welcome to Pandemic Pints. Then JP is going to start That's us off. Point. There we go. JP's going to start us off with a nice uh, pint of Guinness in the midst of our global pandemic. Thank you for joining us for, for Pints. Um, I'm, do- I'm doing the official pandemic way to pour this pint of Guinness. You're wetting the pandemic pint's head uh, exactly. officially. I may as well get started then as well. Um, JP, I'm going for the. Um, I don't know what this is actually. It's just it's just a bottle of uh, red wine. Um, got so it on
1: uh, Spar?
0: or is it the online? No, one? I didn't. I got it on. Um, so I bought an Amazon Fire Stick, um, not a sponsor, and then I, I uh, got a voucher that came with it and the voucher was for um you know 70 euro or something off virgin wines the people behind virgin airlines virgin media and um so i said yeah i'll give it a go ended up giving them a call and they're based in the uk there was a little bit of difficulty about getting um delivery sorted out but you know we got there in the end and then yeah, maybe maybe about a week after I ordered it, uh, a full case of 13 bottles of wine, um, I think there was six red, seven white in it, um, arrived at the door, so I'm in the main. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've had our first casualty. Um, there we go. The pint of Guinness this, has just uh, explode everywhere.
1: So exploded everywhere. Exploded everywhere. It's fallen over the edge. Things that I'm not enjoying, or I'm, maybe I am enjoying it, trying to perfect pouring a, a, a can of Guinness <laughs> because you can't actually go to the pub to get a real pint of Guinness. Yeah. This is this is life in the pandemic, isn't it? So this, you sent me a video last week of a man pouring the pint by just dumping the can in there, essentially, letting it sit yeah. and then slowly rising it up, which I'm hit and miss. Sometimes I get a nice head, and sometimes it's just flat. So.
0: I mean, I've seen I've seen worse. Um if people are listening to this the podcast version, uh, I think we're going to be putting this video up on on YouTube. So maybe go there and have a look at um at that How beautiful pint <laughs> that JP has just poured himself. Um there's there's a, th- a third of the head that there should be on that pint.
1: Let's just yeah.
0: say that. So. But I've seen worse. I've I've seen worse. I've finally got my my bottle of wine open, so I'm gonna no bubbles for myself. Out, no no bubbles. no bubbles.
1: No bubbles. Not not too. Yeah, it's good. It's solid.
0: It's. What's this bottle of wine called? Um, you put me on the spot now. It's called <laughs> Monte Something something. I think D'Abruzzo. De- De I think it's Italian. Has somebody somebody alcohol... can probably pronounce that much better mm-hmm. than I can.
1: Yeah, has your alcohol intake gone up or down in pandemic times?
0: I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I cheers. That's by the a way. very yeah. Cheers to pandemic pints. Um, that's a very interesting question because my my I, I never really had many drinks at home anyway. I mean I'd have the occasional glass of wine uh or the occasional beer, you know, if it was a nice sunny day, stuff like that. I'd be more of a pub drinker, I think, like yourself and like a lot of people. But um my drinking at home, I, I would say has has increased. Not I mean a terrifying amount or anything like that. But it's 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 become one of those things where if you're not going out and you're not meeting friends, you're not going to the bar, you know, we, we like you said, in the middle of a pandemic, how do you kind of, what's the next best thing? And you jump on a call like this, um, an app or a phone or a computer and you kind of, you bring the pub to you, you know, the the bar in Ireland has always traditionally been, you know, especially the old bars, they always look like people's living rooms you know that's i kind of the idea behind the bar was you know to make it homey and to make it somewhere that people could go and feel comfortable so in a way we reverted to 1940s ireland unknown to ourselves it's uh funny because we've actually
1: had probably more pints with people virtually than we would normally have had an entire year yeah so
0: i mean we wouldn't uh, see a lot of those um good friends of ours be it you know once every every now and then but but now we can see them i suppose whenever we want it was probably always the way we could always see them whenever we want but we never did until we were forced into it and uh yeah and now now look at us
1: here we are you said the the home drinking i think my darkest hour was right after we got married we had all this extra booze that's you know if you you stock the bar. So you mm. have all this extra booze that's been opened, but so you can't return it. And so they give it to you. Right. And so I had like a, a beautiful full bar, you know, like everybody, whenever dreams of like having all the different types of liquors. And, um, so I just kind of got in the habit of just going home and pouring myself a cocktail, like every night. And I drank through that entire full bar in about three months. And then I said, <laughs> okay, do I restock the bar? I said I probably should just not drink every night during the week. So that was yeah. That was probably concerning at some stage. But you have to imagine during the pandemic, many people are at risk of drinking way too much, especially when they're by themselves, mm. you know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, sadly, that's definitely something that is happening. Um without a doubt. I think they were talking in the news about how alcohol sales have skyrocketed um, which you know it's funny we can laugh at that and say ah you know how typical of that to happen but you know obviously there's there's people out there who, who struggle with it and this is definitely not a good time for them to be um, at home and allowing those kind of uh, you know negative thoughts creep in and the bottles start opening again it's it's not a good place for 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 mm-hmm. some people.
1: But do you think it's the alcohol consumption has across the board gone up or is it just because people aren't going out and buying, you know, but I imagine it's probably gone up still.
0: Yeah, I I would say it has. Yeah. I mean, if if you think about, you know, just volume of alcohol, let's take, you know, a six pack of Guinness will cost you however much it costs you. I don't know how much it costs you, but six pints of Guinness is going to cost you you know significantly more you're more likely if you're at home to drink the six cans than you are to go and have six pints what i'm saying is you could have six cans on a monday and on a tuesday and on a wednesday but you wouldn't really have six pints on a monday a tuesday and a wednesday and your wallet is going to feel it if you did um Mm -hmm. as well so 8cans is €13 Euros in Spar, for the record. 8cans, €13. Euros. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd maybe get two points in town for that. In town being Dublin, City Centre, Temple Bar for that. Um, that including your
1: taxi.
0: <laughs> taxi, bus, Lewis, whatever you want to take. Yeah, it's going to be significantly more.
1: Mental Mental health challenges definitely in store for lots of people, I think, at this time.
0: I would think so. I don't think uh well i mean geez we could talk about this for days and hours and maybe we could uh talk about it probably more in the future but one of the things this has made me realize is that um mentally i can do this i can stay at home and i'm not i wouldn't say i'm struggling um I've seen you know people online are saying that they're they're really really struggling and I'm not maybe I'm not there yet but I'm definitely not there um why is that I don't know I'm still asking myself why 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 I'm not there um what is different that that I'm not struggling as much as maybe some people and I don't know the answer to that um not going to claim to be like mentally tough or stronger or anything like that but I don't know it it doesn't um it hasn't impacted me as as much um maybe you have a different thought though
1: Mm. i think the first three nights that i really settled in after the stay at home i was up staring at the ceiling like anxious but i think Mm. like you get through that but we've got people to to connect you know right i think also as much as the kids are driving me absolutely crazy yeah. There's people you think about in the city that are in small apartments, five to a an apartment. They don't even like yeah. each other. Maybe, you know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they're stuck with each other, you know? And they're stuck. So yeah. I think I I can just sit back and go, ah, oh, I'm in a good yeah. situation, you know? So
0: They're stuck and, you know, maybe they've lost jobs. Maybe now the rent pressure is on. Maybe they're not from here and, and they can't, you know, Go home to their family. It's it's a flight away. You know, our flights even running. There's just the knock on effect is just astronomical to people's lives. It's it's unbelievable.
1: Well, there's the routine too, which is critical. Yeah, huge routine. So yeah, I've gotten into that routine, which is you know the workout in the morning, the whole lot stuff like that. So that's huge for people. I think if you're able to find that, I think it's harder for some people than others, though to find it. So.
0: It is, and like. I, I was thinking about that as well the other day. You know how difficult it can be. I mean, I'll just speak from my own experience, but I usually find it very difficult to get into a routine. But once I'm in the routine, I'm kind, of, I'm, I'm kind of okay if I have a goal in mind. But now I don't really have a goal. My, my, my goal now is like getting through this, you know. Um, whereas if you're training for, let's say, a marathon, you have a routine you stick to it you know week by week these are your you know weekly goals ultimately leading up to the the goal of crossing the the finish line of the marathon whereas now i'm in a routine and the only goal is maybe to to stay sane and get through all of this um mm-hmm. and i think that 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 comes with its own challenges i find that maybe uh, a little bit difficult is you know you're you're training for this marathon that you don't know when is when it's actually going to start?
1: Mm. I guess that kind of brings us to the topic: working in a global pandemic, doesn't it? Mm. Which, is yeah. Kind of, it's yeah. I think I I relate to that too. One hundred percent. It's it's your just doing it to get by. That's why I think it is for me. It's day by day, hour by hour. Mm. Not because you don't know what's going to happen in six months, a yeah, year, year and a half. It's very very uncertain. I think that's the hardest thing. I think that's the hardest thing is the uncertainty. So I just keep my focus on the current moment.
0: Mm. And I think you bring a different perspective than I would to this. I mean, you being self-employed, what, you know, I'll speak to my experiences in, in a little bit, but from your point of view, you're someone that's used to getting up and in your line of work, you know, physically meeting people and, you know, meeting face to face, I'm talking, you know, not remotely, although you do that as well. But how, how have you found that? I guess, um, now not, not being able to do that.
1: Well, I mean, there's the, the you know, the, in the short term, it's been nice just cause you're not on the road traveling and I had right. four trips to the States planned in the next two months. But mm. I, I think the thing that's scary for me is while I do appreciate, and it's great to have this virtual connection mm. is that I like people are seem to almost be jumping completely ship as far as we'll never meet in person again, you know, for right. me to come in and speak or stuff like that. So, but there's such value, I think, of being in person with someone, you know. And I yeah. think that's that's the scary piece about it. But um yeah, so I, I don't know. I think there's the uncertainty of of what that will look like in the future to be able to travel to to speak to to you know to connect with other people in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, when will that be back? Yeah, you know, and I'm, and I'm, in a, and I'm in a good situation in, in one sense because some people are self-employed. There is no pivoting. I've been able to pivot as a business and do more virtual work. Some mm-hmm. people in whatever line of work is self-employed, you yeah. can't. You know, whatever it be, you know, they just yeah. wouldn't be able to pivot. Um, so I've been able to do some of this virtual stuff, which is which has been great. But mm-hmm. I think that's the scariest thing is I do really en- I crave that human connection, interaction. Yeah. And, Yet every day it's the same three people.
0: Right. Which I love, but it's the same three people. Sure. Um, And from a professional point of view, do you think people will, I mean, you know, let's call them paying customers. Do you think they will want to go back to the way it used to be? Do you think they'll be hesitant about it? Or do you think they'll be like, well, hang on. If i've learned one thing it's that you know everything can be delivered digitally now you know do you see people's uh, mindsets changing on that
1: well here's a good story so i had someone that had reached out and was like i'd like for you to do a, a workshop with my team you know that's something that i would deliver in person and i sent them an email back saying you know let me think on this i'm not a." i have no idea how you price that i have no idea how i deliver that because there's so much experiential learning of having groups do certain things and having the conversation and i said i just don't know especially with level of maturity of of kids and stuff you know two days later you know what scrap that idea i just tried to do he had just tried to do like i guess a webinar with some of his athletes and they were all off the walls couldn't get them to focus lock in because everyone's on the computer right in order you got 20 people on a web call who speaks mm-hmm. when's you know like it's just really awkward right. he instantly saw within two days of a couple experiences that they're the value of being in person you know yeah. so i think but i think people will try to move towards that i think education is going to try to move towards that but i yeah. think people are going to want to there's going to be a part of us that's going to want to crave human interaction, but yeah, geez, when do you, when do you get that back? You know, when do we right. get to go watch sports in person again? Mm. You know, when do we get to go do sit in the pub, you know, and yeah, being, being, being physical proximity to each other. Yeah. You know, that threat is, is, or that uncertainty is threatening yeah. a lot of business, a lot of business, right? Yeah. A lot of people's livelihoods.
0: And I mean, y- you know, <laughs> there's so many elements to this. There's the people who who can work from home, and I'm lucky to call myself one of those that I, I can work from home, and the company that I work for have been very accommodating to all their staff and everybody's set up at home and everything is, is good to go. But I'm one of the lucky ones, you know. There are people who can't work from home, who have either lost the job or are basically on the front lines, you know police, medical workers, people who work in supermarkets, delivery drivers, postmen, postwomen. I mean, the list goes on for what the the frontline workers are actually sacrificing. Now ultimately they're they're making the biggest sacrifice, which is which is their health. And it's just I think for me it it puts things into perspective and it, it almost makes me look back and think, you know, why did I go down the career path? I went down, like, wh- why, wh- where, where was the value that I saw in my chosen career path? You know, it, it makes me think the frontline workers are, are truly adding value to the rest of our lives. You know, without them, we would have nothing, you know, in, in times of, in these rare uncertain pandemic times, it's the frontline workers that are truly now we see they're the most important ones and they kind of have to be. Protected and, and and treated well, um, and it, it just makes me think about my job and you know what uh, when did I risk my life recently to you know keep everything going?
1: <laughs> Does it, I guess that's the the thing that I find probably the most like to me like blows my mind is just how much of like life. And all the things, the jobs that we have are essentially unessential, as they call them, right? right? Non-essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, things that we would say are important, you know, mm-hmm. but, but they're not essential. And how much our economy is just built off of
0: non-essential
1: yeah. things, you know, it's just con- a consumer economy. Yeah. You know, here we're buying, everyone's probably, whether you want to or not, you you can't spend as much money as you used to, right? Yeah. Yeah. People are spending a lot less money now, and it's like, life goes on, you know? Yeah. Like, do we need all these things that we have, you know? I think it's one of our
0: things that's caused me to reflect on is that. Do, do you think there's a danger, be- before we, we get on that route, do, do you think there's a danger in calling people non-essential? Well. I mean, not not people, that that's rude, but, you know, labeling one's professional profession as non-essential. And I'm not doing that, I'm just calling it you know how how society has now addressed you know vast um job descriptions as non-essential do you think there's a danger in that what would you think the danger was i would think there is a danger of maybe people taking that to heart and saying um you know if i'm labeled as non-essential then You know why even bother why don't i just quit or you know Hmm. i i i don't know Uh, um i'm just kind of more posing the question than than having an answer for it but i'm just thinking when i turn on the news and i hear the language of the label of you're essential you're (laughs) non-essential that kind of that kind of like geez maybe 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 they're right you know, there's a. There's obviously on a personal level we're all essential and we all have families and you know friends and and the rest of it. But on a in a professional level, if people start labeling everything as essential and non-essential, is there room in the future? And I'm not talking like 2020, 2021, but in the future, decades from now, is there room for non-essential? Will it all just be automated, and will be all that would be left is the essential workers
1: well i think there's probably more i don't know and just stuff i've read the more essential stuff becoming more automated and more automated yeah. you know in, in in many areas oh okay think yeah. about deliveries and stuff like that you know like yeah, Amazon true. drones and stuff true. you know mm-hmm. your mail could be delivered by a drone yeah so but i think the labeling I know, I'm not sensitive to the labeling of being mm. called non-essential, but mm-hmm. I think that there has been a, a, a shift in my mind of of or at least a reflection of geez, when all with all this going on, does what I do really matter? Right. You know, yeah. I think it does. Yeah. But like you look at sports and you see in my community where so many coaches are like using this as a time to improve their coaching, learn more, and they're on mm-hmm. those webinars and stuff, it's great. At the same time, it's just like
0: yeah,
1: so why don't you just hang out with your family for a little while? You know, like you know, mm-hmm. just take this time to mm-hmm. relax because there, oh, there's there's a reality that sports may not even go ahead next year in many right. many areas. Like that's a, that's a reality that might happen.
0: So I think a lot of people are having those conversations, to be honest with you. If they're not having those conversations, I think they're definitely having those thoughts. Um, I w- I would be fairly certain there's a vast percentage of the population that are having conversations or thoughts that are, you know. Where where am I where am I going Where do I fall after all of this um, But I will tell you one thing Vineyards are essential and the people that work <laughs> in vineyards will remain essential because this is very good wine How's your Guinness
1: It's gone So <laughs> <laughs> I have to get another pint. Oh. I'll listen to you. Talk you
0: about can still it. hear me. Yeah. Um. Do, do you find JP? I know oh. this is like. An age-old um, argument, but how are you finding Guinness from a can versus the real deal? Um, I know that that's almost an insulting question because you know who would question a proper pint of plain from the tap. But how are you finding it as a as a substitute?
1: Well, it's kind of—I guess that's one of the the most depressing things. Is that it? no? It's not one of the most depressing things, but it is pretty depressing. Like I moved to Ireland, <laughs> and now I can't get good Guinness you know I have to yeah it's d- terrific <laughs> is canned Guinness better in Ireland than as it is in the States
0: I don't know is that is that I, think, I don't know if I it, think that's ever is, been studied before
1: I think it is but you know then I've never drank so much out of a can see I'm gonna go with a different pour this time I'm gonna go with my okay. traditional
0: pour and again if this goes up on YouTube I would recommend people first of all I'd recommend people watching the first pour and then comparing it to this 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 is a much better pour, I must I must say. Although we're lacking See, some head.
1: No, 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 no. This is gonna have significantly more head. And I'm gonna do a, 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 a I know I did a, a two-thirds pour and I'll finish it off here. But I think you know what I think it is, I think it's gonna be more bubbly this time.
0: Oh maybe. Yeah. So it this looks pour better. I
1: did like as if you were pouring it out of the tap, right? Right. Um, whereas the previous one I just dumped it into the the the, the pint glass. Yeah. So, which I didn't know why that guy came with that that
0: theory, but I don't know. Do you think there's a science behind it? Well, if there, I'll tell you, let me tell you this. If there isn't a science behind it, someone is dedicating these pandemic days to developing a science to pour the perfect pint from a can.
1: Well, I think we should dedicate this podcast to that. I think that really (laughs) over the, every episode, we should just continue to try to perfect it. You know, I think well, one of my biggest problems is I need to get an actual Guinness pint glass, which I don't oh, know where to course. get a Guinness pint glass yeah. because it's probably only in tourist shops that you can get one or just by stealing
0: one from the pub. And
1: both <laughs> That's not going to happen anytime soon.
0: So, um, Unless you I'm get one online, to. maybe you might get one online somewhere.
1: Which everything there takes about four weeks to get to where you want
0: to go. Maybe somebody who is listening to this has one and will contact us and say... Here, lads. I have a Guinness pint glass. It's yours.
1: Drop it off at the front on the step.
0: Drop, drop it off on the step. Stay two Please meters dis- away. Dis- Thank you.
1: Disinfect it. Disinfect it.
0: Disinfect it. Yeah, wash it. Um, um, you you mentioned earlier, JP, about people are spending less money, and I kind of did a double take on that because um, my online purchasing has uh, well. Let's say it's more than it has been previously. I'll put it that way. Um, Oh, that's a good-looking so, like,
1: now. It is. Oh, There's a couple of bubbles, but that was poor, poor. I think it was good. Um, well, I convinced you to buy an air fryer. But mm. That was the best purchase of the year.
0: By far and above. Um, I mean, it's already exceeded its its use. I mean, if, if you were to get it now, you'd be like... Jesus, what what has the man done with this air fryer? I mean, it's just, it's been around the block, but it's great. It's absolutely great. Um, I've, today, even today I was doing something, oh, we made a stew for dinner. And so I washed the potatoes and then I peeled the skins off the potatoes and I put the skins of the potatoes in the air fryer with some salt and some oil and just basically ended up making potato chips out of the potato skins. And they were unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs)
1: Did you, Nothing goes to tots? waste. You did tots the other day. Tater tots. tater tots.
0: Yeah. So they they were good, but they weren't like well. Well, here's the thing. So I was talking to Erica about this yesterday, and she maintains that they're not true tater tots because they weren't made of like you know that the hash brown material. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper tater tots are made of. These were more lumps of potato with mm. breading on them. So they weren't true. Tater tots. I was calling them tater tots to be, you know, to use a phrase that we both knew, um, but they were actually croquettes. Oh, um, croquettes yeah. I are they different? So because They're I different. thought they were the same, right? Well, I told you, I, I gave you misinformation then, um, but they were nice. I mean, everybody enjoyed them, um, but they weren't tater tots.
1: Yeah. So the air fryer, something I did not believe in for the longest time.
0: Mm. Neither did <clears> today
1: <throat> melissa had a christmas party at chewy mm. and they had like this white elephant party where everyone they you know they have a bunch of gifts you roll the dice and you get a box and you open it and that's your present but you can swap right so <clears throat> right. I, what do they call that in ireland what's that um type of gift exchange i know what, what, did, you, what did you call Mid- it white White elephant nasty Christmas or something like that you know
0: I think white elephant is probably what we call it too yeah yeah so So, something
1: but they didn't actually have to bring the presents they went out and the company bought just like TVs xboxes just all these things and people were just getting them right and probably the cheapest present on that entire list was the air fryer that probably 60 70 (laughs) bucks and she gets the air fryer and does not exchange it for a TV or an Xbox, and so I was outraged. Outraged. I would be too, because I had no interest in air fryer. No. I'm sure we had it, so I said I'd try it, and I won't go back. Like you yeah. never would you do chips in the oven again. It never make again. Any sense. Never again. No. It's night and day. Never again. And it's not the cleanup of a of a, of a actual deep fryer.
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Wings we could, are amazing.
0: We we, you know if any air fryer company wants to sponsor this, that would be great. And we could talk about air fryers all day long and how good they are. Um, they're amazing. Um, yeah, I've cooked so many things in there. I went down this you know, a YouTube rabbit hole where I started looking at air fryer recipes and a guy made homemade Pop-Tarts on them. Like, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. What's the best uh, thing you've
1: cooked in the air fryer today?
0: <clears throat> I actually think it was the ribs. The ribs were really good, really crispy. Um, and I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know what I was expecting, but they were really good.
1: Mm. See, I got, I did wings last night. They were, they were a very oh, good yeah. batch of wings. Wings are like my go to. Mm. But, uh, you know, the one I got is have all these different functions on it. So it does other than air fry, you know, it's got the grill right. function and stuff. But, um, no, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. These are the things you learn in, in a global pandemic, right? Yeah. cook. You're cooking cook a lot more than you ever did. Cooking That's way more. Absolutely. Everybody is. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of it, honestly.
0: Yeah. There is a lot of cooking. There's a lot of cleaning. Um, there's a lot going back to when we transitioned to air fryers. Um, there's a lot of spending money. Maybe I'm unique in this scenario, but I, I, now that I'm sitting at home so much, I'm noticing all the things that like, oh, we should get a new example. We should get a new bin. Uh, we need a new toilet seat. We need an air fryer. And just, you know, lists of, of things in my head. And I'm like, geez, we, we, we really need to uh, stop the online purchases. This is, this is getting out of control.
1: I think I've, like, not that I've lost my faith in online shopping, but I just have, feel like it's going to take forever because everything I've ordered is still True. not arrived,
0: so I'm like, I... There is, yeah, huge delays.
1: Huge delays. So, ordered a new chair today for the office, so hopefully that comes soon, because my back's in bits, sitting in that chair.
0: Back is bits, and then you can't go to a physio to correct it because they're all closed, so it's it's um, unbelievable. <laughs>
1: What's the hardest thing about working for your
0: job in the pandemic? Um, The hardest thing, you know, that's a good question. Um, I don't see any glaring obstacles to allowing me do my regular nine to five. Um most of my work on a daily basis is is project work. It's meeting people. So so it's it's meeting people, but you know, online like this, face to face or on the phone, people in the office, yeah, as well. But um I mean I don't rely on the face to face interaction to be able to do my job. I guess is what I'm saying. So so for me it's not that um difficult. To execute the regular nine to five, um, my my people on my team are spread all over the world, so it's not we're we're used to having never met. Um, you know what I mean? I I would say, if there was a difficulty, it's perhaps being at home, having family downstairs. You know where I know I can just go down and you know have a quick conversation with them. Hang out, watch some TV, um, take the dogs on a walk—little stuff like that. Not, not that it's a, not that it's, um, it's difficult not to do that. But obviously, that thought wouldn't even be in your head if you were sitting in an office, I guess. Um, so it's more, it's more. I'll put it this way: it's more on the routine building side than it is actually being at home. Um, the regular work is is not. Is not impacted. It's just developing the routine to make sure that you're efficient in using your time. See, I've been working from home for three years, so I mm. feel like I've
1: never had an issue with that aspect. But now with family there, it's added a whole other element. You know, right? Like, how do you share? But it's interesting yeah. there. I think in companies like yourself, there. I'd be. You actually sent me an article, I think, from the Irish Times where they talked about. How you know the the property price is dropping because Hmm. companies may be like, Why are we renting out this 20,000 square foot building? Yeah, when everybody can work from home and want to go something smaller, do you know? Right,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so I'll be interested to see if companies like yourself, your company, moves more down that, that, that line of thinking.
0: It'll be interesting because you know the the plan is there for us to move into a brand new building, bigger building, with more space for more people. And I'm sure we're not the only ones. And now yeah, like they must all all these, you know, workforce planning people must be thinking are are we planning too much? Are we are we expecting too much of our people to actually come to the office like in the future? How is this pandemic going to affect Workforce planning, office space, rentals, all that kind of stuff
1: sure isn't Facebook just building a massive
0: huge yeah and,
1: yeah, like
0: absolutely huge, well,
1: yeah, you know why
0: and if yeah, and if their productivity is at the same level than it was before this, then the question has to be asked, why are we pumping all this money into this if we can do everything remotely? I suppose you can never properly substitute the face-to-face you know meeting but I think I was saying this to you or I was saying it to somebody you know that first especially in a in a professional uh, environment where you first meet someone and you, you shake their hand and it's a good handshake and you smile at them I don't know if that handshake will still be around like you know I was kind of joking about this weeks ago where I said ah, that's the end of the handshake now but as we get deeper into it, and I actually start seeing doctors, uh, the head of the CDC in the US it has come out and said, I, I think this is the end of the handshake. As far as I'm concerned, he said, I'm not shaking anybody's hand anymore. And I've seen it now, and a couple of different people say, you know, that's the end of that. And, it, you know, will it be something in the future where we tell our grandkids, you know, that, that's what we used to do back in the day. We used to shake people's hands. And they'll be looking at you like, God, you animal. Like, what were you doing? That's <laughs> disgusting. Um, you know, and, and and just taking taking that aspect out of a professional relationship um, is going to be very I difficult.
1: I love handshakes. <laughs> I don't want to can't see. Can't beat them no. a good handshake. You can't beat a good handshake. Mm. I feel like I'm a strong handshaker. When it comes yeah. down to, you know, you have a good handshake. Hand. I do. It's it's solid, yeah. you know. Yeah. I like a good hug too. I, yeah. I can't imagine yeah. going to the pub and not physically touching right. another human being. You know, like, yeah. ooh, you know, like I feel like there's something about that 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 you know. That people mm. are saying, "Was what are they going to replace it with? A fist bump or absolutely nothing? Mm. Nothing? Nothing? Is there? Is there, Are they suggesting nothing? Elbow. with elbow.
0: no, I I I think I think they're suggesting fist bump or elbow, but I don't know if that's you know, imagine walking into a job interview and fist bumping the guy. What if we or, like, just
1: all washed hands and then shook hands?
0: <clears throat> yeah. Would you put a sink then in every room? I don't know. <laughs> like, no. There's a big gallon of hand sanitizer everywhere. Um,
1: I think this is one of the hardest things, though, is that things are rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, my initial thought is, how dare they even think about taking away the handshake, right? But I think we have this continuum where it's like you start to realize things are going to change more yeah. than you want them to change. Right. And I think people are very resistant to this yeah. changes, which I think where people are on that continuum of accepting that things are changing and that people are behind you, I think it causes frustration. Um, and that's, that, That's you know, it's I think it's just a difficult thing to deal with, you know?
0: Will you in so, in in a work um, environment and a professional capacity, I think shaking hands is something that's very important in your line of work, right? Because you meet people. They're your. I'm going to call them clients. You may call them something else, but they're your clients, right? For so people can understand. Um, I think having that is much more important to you. Whereas the people that I meet on a daily basis whether it's via this or on the phone, they're my work colleagues already. So I don't kind of need to shake their hand all the time. Um, Whereas that first impression is super important in what you do. Do Do you, how do you think, let me ask you this, how do you think you'd react to, you know, you go on your next trip and you put out your hand for that handshake and the guy or girl in front of you is like, sorry, sorry, pal we don't do this around here you know how, how, how do you think you would uh, react to that well, but let me ask you this. one do you think it's a possibility and two how do you think you would react
1: i don't i don't i don't think i would react poorly just because i i think i'm just trying to be very with it you know but i think mm. it would be hard like inside i'd be like oh same time i think america will be the last to get rid of a handshake i think people will be intentionally shaking hands more just to say screw this you know (laughs) (laughs) um i think that will happen how dare they take the handshake away from me what i actually think (laughs) is there's a deeper challenge to removing the handshake and this is something you you know i've read a lot about of just the importance of physical proximity Mm -hmm. when you're to, to connection like just being physically close to someone, shaking someone's hand, putting your arm around them, those type of things. It, mm-hmm. There's actually a physical, <clears throat> there's lots of research that go into that. So I think if we're always distancing, if we're never hand, shaking hands. People aren't hugging anymore. People aren't, what will that do to us? I don't know. I just know that mm-hmm. the effects, I imagine are going to be negative, you know? Uh,
0: I would assume so because isn't the handshake, you know, that, that, method of breaking down the barrier you know if the barrier never gets broken down you know is it always is it always there um i literally did
1: on my other podcast i literally had a a guest a month ago who worked with guys in the nba draft and he talked for five to ten minutes about how he works with these guys to teach them how to shake a hand Really? Well, that's, yeah, because, you know, you're going to go meet an NBA owner. Do you shake the hand firmly? Do you look the person in the eye? Okay. Yeah. So there's value in teaching these young men at 18 years old how to shake it, or 22 years old out of college, how to mm-hmm. shake a hand to make a good first impression. Well, that's completely irrelevant now. So I mm-hmm. might as well scrap that
0: <laughs> <yourself> because, <laughs> you know,
1: people aren't going to be shaking hands apparently. So
0: Will, will you change how you, I mean in a in a professional level and we're talking about in this episode primarily you know working in a pandemic are you going to change how you work is it too early to tell
1: i think it's too early to tell because i'd say you know so much of what i make comes from trips and Mm -hmm. going and so much of the value that i provide right yeah so i think it's really really hard to to figure out i think you just you have to but this stage take it like I've got a big big thing planned in August do I go out and cancel it do I not cancel it it's just like can't I don't have to cancel it right now you know it doesn't right not like you know so it's I, I you hold off on these things where we bring a bunch of coaches together to hang out and stuff you know so it's I don't know I think it's a wait and see game right now mm-hmm. i
0: I do think though we're we're learning very quickly and i I don't think we have I guess we don't have a choice. We have to learn quickly, and as humans, we, you know, we'll get through this, and we will adapt to whatever that new environment uh, looks like. But th- there will be, like there is right now, the people who, who won't, who will be resistant to change and will not, you know, go for that new way of working. Um, I, g- I guess that's also uh, inevitable. The world won't all change as one, you know.
1: Oh, and this is the thing if you're not you can't enforce people not shaking hands, you can't enforce so many things, so you're trying to change cultural norms mm. that's very hard to do that very
0: difficult mm mm-hmm.
1: how do you how do you how do you even do that you know it's
0: generational, isn't it yeah, like I was saying earlier about your grandkids saying, "God, who did that that's disgusting you know if you look back at if you look back at some of the things people did in you know, the 18, 19, early 1900s, late 1800s, that would be looked at today like barbarism. Um, Going on a slight tangent here, but yesterday was a really nice day, sitting in the backyard with my family, and a bird landed on the bird feeder. I was like, gee, that's a lovely bird. So I said, I I need to Google, find out what this bird is, and it was a chaffinch. If you've never seen what a chaffinch is, Google it. Very small, little... uh, you know, garden, bird, um, brown, black, nice, beautiful singer. Well, in the late 1800s, chaffinges used to be captured from the wild and held as house pets, not so much anymore. And the reason they used to capture them is because they would sing beautifully, great singers. Um, so they used to host competitions where they would... Two chaffinches would, would face off in a singing competition, right? <laughs> and the best, the best chaffinch, the best singer, um over the course of let's say 30 minutes an hour would be the the king of the chaffinches, right? So I would capture my chaffinch, you'd capture yours, they would sing off, and then who is the best singer, right? I win a pot of gold or whatever it is. Well, some lunatic decided that he got it in his head that chaffinches sing better if they can't see so what they used to do was blind them with hot needles they used to stick hot needles in their eyes blind the chaffinches and they thought that well they sing better now i'm sure they were probably just screaming in pain that's probably what was actually happening (laughs) but um you know that's a generational thing which (laughs) used to happen and used to be fine and accepted and now you look back on it and like what is what was wrong with people back then and i'm thinking we're not going to be around to see it but i'm just wondering if you know a couple of generations from now people will look back in this moment as the moment that the handshake died you know um i'll never know if that happens but i'm I'm just curious to see if it will
1: yeah the lasting effects of all this
0: of which there will yeah. be many
1: there will be many It'll be many well what else do we have to dissect
0: as far as working in a pandemic working in a pandemic um I mean I think we've we've covered routines which is important um scheduling meeting people I, i've I've seen this come up and I don't know. Maybe we can touch on this a little bit, briefly. But um, people have asked online. I've I've seen it on Twitter. Is this a good time to look for a new job? Are you are you better off staying in the job you're in if it's secure? I mean, if it's not secure, then yeah, maybe you're better off looking elsewhere. But I'd just be interested to think to to get your thoughts on: Is it a good chi- time to look for a job? Um, are companies hiring? If you were in a position to hire people, if you were previously, are you still planning on it? You know, uh, where, where do you, where do you see the, the lie of the land in terms of uh, getting a new job?
1: Well, some companies are still hiring, you know, like they're not on hiring freezes, <clears throat> bigger tech companies and stuff. So, I think for those people, yeah, you want to keep looking, but. I'd say there's so many people, it's like, I think they're in that limbo, right? Of like, do I wait it out? Right. I don't know. I think uh, that's 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 really tough, isn't it?
0: I think there's an underlying fear there that, you know, if I go for this and if the economy keeps on the, you know, the, the downward trend, then am I setting myself up for disaster Um. And then the flip side, if I stay where I am, am I going to be kept on? I think these are genuine fears that people that people have. And I don't think there's an answer for it. But from my own point of view, I don't think, <laughs> sounds ridiculous. I don't think a global pandemic would make me fearful of at least applying for a job. I mean, it's always good, I think, to apply, test the water, see, see what's out there, get get your name out there. And uh, and at least see you know see see what's see what's on the table and maybe have that genuine discussion with the person sitting the other end of the table. Well, you won't be doing it at the other end of the table. <laughs> have the conversation with the person over over uh, Zoom or Skype or whatever it is you use, and say you know wh- what does the future hold for this company? You know where where you guys are you testing the water? What's what's next? I, I think. I don't think it's a bad time to look for a new job. I don't think it's a good time to look for a new job, but I'd be fairly neutral, I would say. You know, have a have a browse if you're interested, see what happens.
1: It's got to be more about the industry you're in, don't you think?
0: Yeah. Like definitely. But like if you're in the
1: also where you're on the totem pole. Cuz I imagine some sure. pubs, restaurants, companies like that, you know, in the service industry. They're not going to go back in full force in the next three, six months. even if they do reopen, it's gonna be slow business. yeah, you know, less customers or be so many people can go into a restaurant. So from that standpoint, do they bring everybody back?
0: or right. do they only bring half
1: staff or you know three three quarters of the staff? Yeah, but I think I don't know, I, I think there's other 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 opportunities. There will be other work out there. Mm that you may have to pivot in your field, honestly, you know, like you just see in the shipping, you know, the Amazons and all the fulfillment centers, there's, they're very, very busy. Yeah. They'll be hiring lots of stuff. So I think certain people will have to pivot industries and they'll have to move to something different. Yeah. But uh, other people can just wait it out. I think, and then other people need to, like you said, go off and start to find something. Yeah. Maybe look for something new,
0: you know? And, you know, in in times of difficulty there can be great opportunities so you know it's it's if, if you if you have the the confidence to go out there and look then by all means i think i think go for it. i think
1: yeah go ahead no
0: you got it no i i was saying that i think no matter what happens you know this this will pass um whether we come out of it you know worse off economically i think that's a given but i I would like to think we come out of it better in terms of people are more focused now as to what they want professionally um if people maybe have thought that previously I'm, i'm in a career i don't like now i've lost my job maybe that's the best thing that could have happened you know take it as an opportunity and and pursue something that you truly want to do you believe can you know where you can where what you're good at and what you can actually you know add value um Mm -hmm. by doing um so i think don't get too disheartened um if things don't look too good use it as an opportunity and and grab it with both hands
1: yeah i think i think i'm optimistic too i think for A lot of people that have been working and we work, 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 work. I know that I work crazy hours, travel, go. I think this time is, you know, just causes to slow down, connect Mm -hmm. with family more. I know people say, well, you know, the divorce rates will be going through the roof, the domestic violence, you know, stuff like that should be a concern. I'm sure it is, but I think Mm -hmm. it's there's a lot of good that's come for a lot of people, not just my life, but other people's lives I've seen. They've, you know, they've just slowing having this. We're having to slow down. Yeah, which is, I think, incredible because the world is moving good so freaking fast. You know. Yeah. So yeah. force people to slow down. Yeah.
0: So, what will we tackle next week? Uh, what will we tackle next week? That's a good question. Um, how to
1: hand? How to handle pandemic rule breakers?
0: Excellent. Let's do that. Uh, I'm going to write that down.
1: I got a lot of. A lot of those rule breakers in my life that I have to deal with right now.
0: This is going to be teed up very nicely. I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people are aware of a lot of rule breakers out there. So this will uh, this will be a good one. Jeez, I might have to go on uh, something harder next time. <laughs> something uh, shots shots for yeah. the rule breakers. Yeah. There you go. So well, I think that was a good first episode, JP, of um, pandemic pints. I think it's something to build on, and hopefully, people listening uh, have enjoyed the the ramblings. As we said, if you want to see JP pour amazing pints, we will definitely be putting that on on YouTube um, shortly. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, keep your distance two meters, leave stuff at the at the uh, foot of the door. That's all good. I think maybe next episode we'll have uh, some contact information set up, uh, which would be good. And other than that, I think that's it. Anything to add, JP? Nope. I think uh, we got a great topic for next week. So, yeah. Until then. Sounds good. See you later. Cheerio. Cheers. Cheers.